0: I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and what we're focusing on, guns and gun violence, real issues and fake solutions, what is really going on. You can follow me on Twitter and leave your comments there, at Lisa Evers, Facebook, Instagram, Google+, Plus, Snapchat, at Lisa Evers. Before I introduce our panel, I want to give you a big heads up and make a special announcement. Uh, Saturday, July 30th, will be our sixth annual Push for Peace town hall show and live event at the Brooklyn Borough Hall, thanks to Hot 97, thanks to uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams and his great team. And also this year, for the very first time, we are filming the entire thing for Fox 5 for a special Street Soldiers episode. So it's going to be really incredible. So if you want more information, you can uh, look on my Twitter page, you can look on lisaevers.com, or you can email tone at lisaevers.com, and we'll be putting out more and more information about this as the... uh, as the days progress and get towards it. But we'll mark your calendar right now, Saturday, July 30th, from 1 to 5 p.m. If you ever wanted to be a part of the show, you can be in the live audience. Uh, DJ Magic, Hot 97's own DJ Magic, is going to be with us uh, doing the music for us. We've got Michael Medium will be with us. And a lot of other people are joining and signing on right now, so I hope you'll join us. But to our topic, the number of mass shootings that we see in the United States continues to rise. And many people thought that after Sandy Hook, after that massacre at the elementary school, that we would see some big change in the use of guns and gun violence and a greater sensitivity to it in our country. Instead, the number of mass shootings has increased. And also in some of the cases, like Sandy Hook, like Orlando, like San Bernardino, some of the weapons that were used were actually legally purchased with the current and existing laws. But when we when we look at what's happening on our streets and in our communities, while the national debate is all about these uh, so-called assault rifles and real assault rifles and basically weapons of war, what's happening in our streets oftentimes, we're losing lives and losing people to deadly gun violence with illegal handguns. So is there a way to get beyond this violence? Is there a way to preserve the rights, the Second Amendment constitutional rights for people to own guns? Um, and how do we deal with this violence that continues to persist, even though it's, it's down, they say, in New York City and some of the other cities around the country, but it's still going on and taking way too many lives. That's what we're focusing on in this episode of Street Soldiers. Uh, joining me is Sean Duke McFadder. He's a community leader and director of Gun Violence Awareness Month. He's also the founder of GMAC, the community organization that's doing such great work with the youth in Brooklyn. He's also the brother, uh, you may have seen him on Fox 5 News and also on other Facebook. Facebook posts. He's the brother of Ronald Bangham McFadder, who was shot and killed at that shooting in Irving Plaza. And Shunduk, first of all, we've said it before, but we want to say it again, our condolences to you and your family over the loss of your brother. And I want to talk about how this gun violence, when it affects somebody personally, what it does to you and your family. But let me just introduce the rest of the panel. Also joining us, Jonathan Gillum. He's a Navy SEAL, former FBI agent, TV and radio commentator, and his website is Jonathan T. Gillum, but it's spelled G-I-L-L-I-A-M dot com. Also with us is George Greco. He's the New York City representative for the New York State Rifle and Pistol. Association, and of course, you can hit us up with your comments on Twitter at Lisa Evers and uh, keep the discussion going that way. Sean Duke, I want to start with you on this. The first of all, in terms of the, the shooting that took the life of your brother, what does that do to a family, to you, to your mother, to your, your family, when something like that happens?
1: I mean, to keep it simple, it, it shakes up a family. Uh, there's levels of um, grief and there's level of trauma, um, and <clears throat> just Having to deal with a loss that's unexpected any time that happens. Well, we don't say a loss when somebody's taken away, so we can't keep using the word lost. Uh, so when, you know, something like that happens, you have to remember the the family structure and what part a person plays in the family and that and that loss that will never be filled.
0: Now, you were very close to him. Yes, I was. To your brother. And in terms of what's happening now, are you satisfied that everything is being done to try and find the person responsible because they arrested Troy Av. he's still behind bars. And uh, are you satisfied that he was the one responsible, that it was an accidental shooting or do you think there's more to this?
1: Uh, there's obviously it's more to it. I'm not satisfied um, with anything. Uh, you know, when I look at the news a lot of times they say Troy Av ducked this and ducked that and, his, and, and uh, he beat this and he beat that. He should have never been charged with anything so he didn't duck or beat anything. Um, you know, I wish him the best in his case. His case at this point really has nothing to do with the death of my brother uh, the, the incidents before that has something to do with it. So for him, you know, wish him the best in his case But as far as what's happening, there is nothing happening as far as uh, the media is, is showing because when it first happened All they did was spotlight Troy Ave. Um after his arrest and, and the attack on hip-hop There's been nothing else. So how could you say there's um, any reason to feel comfortable? So you still feel
0: you still believe that the real the real killer of your brother is out there on the streets?
1: I mean, it is what it is, Lisa. I I really can't. I don't really want to speak too much into that.
0: No, I understand.
1: Um, But like I said, I know, you know, it's a fact that Troy is the person that killed my brother.
0: All right. And you have been with us supporting the push for peace. In Brooklyn for a number of years, you're one of the sponsoring organizations, one of our panelists. Why do you think it's so important this summer? because some people say, well, we have we've seen some shootings. We saw a lot of shootings over the Fourth of July weekend, but not as many as there were maybe four or five years ago. Why do you think people need to to come out and participate?
1: I mean, because we have, to, we have to keep the topic serious. We have to keep, we have to keep saturating the community with the conversation and, and the, the real solutions and allowing people the opportunity to come somewhere and meet and network with people who are doing work, who have uh, different ideas, and different methods to combat the violence that's happening in our urban communities. So, you know, every year we've had Push for Peace. One thing that I've noticed is that if anybody had a takeaway, it was our young people. Uh, you know, when the celebrities have come out, when different voices have come out and spoke at Push for Peace, uh, the conversations we have with them after uh showed that they got something from those type of people that came out the type of event it was and the fact that it spoke about issues that they were dealing with daily so if anybody don't get nothing out of that it's the young people that do and, and i will continue to support something that gives our young people a different ideology
0: no and, and, and we really appreciate that and happy to partner with you on it jonathan Gillum. the uh, orlando shooting a, a lot of uh, once again reignited this whole gun debate And a lot of people, but a lot of people say it's this thing that goes in circles and really doesn't go anywhere, and nothing gets changed. What's your whole take on this gun issue?
2: Well, it doesn't go anywhere because it's they're they're debating guns. When the reality is, we should be looking at all these different things that lead up to the gun violence. In Orlando, for instance, what really allowed that to happen was the fact that I mean, it's kind of broad. We haven't declared war on any of these Islamic groups. So the FBI can't detain these people when they're investigating them. Um, And if they don't find something that's, you know, that's evidentiary enough to where they can actually take them in for and like they say, we know that they're going to commit an act, they can't detain them. If we declared war on uh, ISIS, Al Qaeda, the Taliban, we could then say that this person is um, is showing some kind of support or passing propaganda and they could at least detain them. And then see what their uh, motivation is. When you look around at all these different areas where these shootings are happening, whether it be with legal guns or illegal guns, what we see is that politicians go after the gun rights, but they don't really go after the, the issues in particular that are allowing people to uh, carry out these things or – um, punishing them enough. So you're they- saying
0: it's a big, it's, it's bigger than just the guns. Let me sure. let me just bring yeah. George in here. When you saw there was a a really big outcry after Orlando, especially about what they're calling assault rep, uh, weapons, which some people say that's not the right term or not. Where do you think this debate is going?
3: Well, I I kind of agree with Jonathan. You know, um, prior to what happened in Orlando, um, about 1991, and Jonathan, you probably know the uh, the woman. Um, her name was Susanna uh, Gratia and she was in uh, Texas in 1991 in a diner and some deranged individual drove his car into that diner and got out and started shooting all these innocent people that were in the diner and this woman lost both her parents her mother and father and she got out And, and and when she went before Congress in 1991, to give her account of the situation, she said she didn't blame the uh, deranged person because mentally ill is mentally ill, and she didn't blame the firearm manufacturers. Whom she really blamed were the legislatures. And Chuck Schumer was sitting there dumbfounded when when you look at this uh, particular video. And, and, and she basically said that Texas law prohibited me from carrying her licensed legal firearm in her purse to bring it into the diner, which she could have neutralized that deranged person, but she was f- compelled because of state law in Texas at that point in time that she had to leave her firearm in, in, in her club compartment. And I'm not sure. Yeah, John, okay, yeah.
0: we're going to we have to take a short break, but when we come back, because that's something that we hear with a lot of these mass shootings. They go, well, if people had licensed firearms that were in there and were trained to use them, they could have taken out the active shooter. But is that a myth? And also, but what about what's happening in so many of our urban communities where we're seeing, especially young people getting access to these guns? We're we're seeing this patchwork, this crazy patchwork quilt of state laws where they're getting them in other states and then bringing them here into New York City. I want to find out what our guests have to say about that. This is Street Soldiers on Hot 97. I'm Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this.
1: New York Hello City is Miguel and you're tuning into to the Street Soldiers, Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Evers. Real people, real, real issues, and real politics, politics only on Hot 97.
0: Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining us for this episode on guns and gun violence, we've got real problems, but where are the solutions? How do we end this? How do we stop it? Jonathan Gillum, a Navy SEAL, former FBI agent. He's a TV and radio commentator. His website is JonathanTGillum.com. Also joining us, Sean Duke McFadder. He's a community leader and director of Gun Violence Awareness Month and the founder of the community organization GMAC, which is working with our youth. To keep them out of trouble and give them positive directions and positive skills, he's also the brother of Ronald Bangham McFadda, who was shot and killed at Irving Plaza in that shootout. There, also joining us, George Greco, he's the New York City representative for the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. But what what about where the laws are, Shanduke, You see, you know, people come into the community, they get the guns in Virginia or Pennsylvania or whatever, drive them in and and, and sell them, and any teenager can get a gun.
1: Yeah. Uh, When you look at our communities and we talk about gun rights, we don't have no gun rights. Um, You know, young black and Hispanics don't have no gun licenses. So if you talk about the right to bear arms, that right doesn't come to our communities. But yet we have most of the guns. Uh, and that's the question that we have to really look at: How are these guns getting here uh, at the alarming rate that they are? When you go to any community, the twelve year old could get a gun. So we have to look at why that's not being addressed. Why? When I when I listen to what the brother just said about uh, the Orlando shooting, sometimes we tend to to go towards our comfort zones and certain things or what we feel is the best way. Uh, and I looked at the Orlando shooting, and there are, sometimes we pinpoint many different areas that should not be pointed out, and when you look at Orlando, first it was, um, he's, it's, he's a terrorist, uh, but then it was because he was uh, gay. Uh, so, you know, now it was an attack on the gay community, but was it be attack on America as a terrorist? Or, or was it the fact that he just had uh, a mental health issue and had access to a weapon and something hurt him and he decided that, that was the place for him to react? We have to really look at why, when you talk about going to the rule of it, why did this one individual, we can't keep bunching everybody into the same situation.
2: What, what about that, John? Well, you know, once a gun was created, there will always be guns in the hands of bad people. But there are not necessarily going to be guns in the hands of good people because legislation keeps them from having the weapons. And what we have to start looking at is, first off, this is—
1: Who's bad people and who's good people?
2: Well, people who are criminals that are getting uh, weapons illegally that are bringing them over from, from other places. I mean, look at Chicago is a perfect example. You know, majority of the shootings that happen in the inner city in Chicago happen with illegal weapons. Most of the illegal. ones
0: in New York City happen with illegal weapons. Uh, how,
1: does, how, does, how does a criminal access an illegal weapon do? Okay,
2: because I'll, I'll tell you, once, that's what I'm saying. Once a gun was created... There will always be trafficking of illegal
1: weapons by the whom? By vote. whom? Not the not the criminal. Criminals do not have the access to go into a gun store and purchase no, no, these and, all these assault rifles. Oh, these are all illegal. Correct. Criminals. So these are these are these are non criminals at that point. Correct. People who have the they rights really have to them. the people who have the ability to purchase these weapons are purchasing these weapons legally and then going into these communities and selling them no, no, to no. those who are criminals. Now,
2: see that's a fallacy. So that's please fallacy. tell me how this happens. Because what you're what you're saying is that. A majority of weapons that are used in these uh, illegal, uh, with and crimes, in, in the street crimes, crimes. And, and the in robberies, inner the shootings. Majority the Majority of those weapons are bought uh, through illegal gun sales. Like when I was in the FBI, we, I could, you could tell me what gun you want, we could go get it on the street. These aren't guns that are being purchased in gun stores. These are guns that are being purchased on the street by people that have stolen those weapons. The majority of those weapons have been stolen. But
0: there's also been a number. Of, there's been a number of cases, a number of big ca- big cases here in New York City, where there've been there's been tra- there's been very active trafficking. Where New York City residents with a relative in Virginia or a relative down and south that, or someplace else, they'll get a, what they call a straw buyer. Right. They'll get somebody who's got the residency there to buy the gun. They'll get the take the gun from them right. and then bring Bring it up, I ninety five. I mean, it's so I, common they call I ninety five the Iron Pipeline. See, that, right.
2: in that case, we don't have the right laws in place to adequately punish. The people who are selling those guns—I mean—to the full force of the law. We have, we have uh, most of those people understand that the risk that they're taking, and they're just not going to get caught. Or if they do get caught, they do their time, they get out. We need to have bigger laws for that, and then for people buying guns through straw purchases, they need to be punished to the full extent. But who's
0: going to limit? And and George, this is the thing I want to ask you about: this this patchwork quilt of laws, where one state you can get a gun easier than you can in another state, and this interstate trafficking and this kind of thing. Where do you stand on that?
3: Well, Lisa, I believe in national reciprocity. Um, You know, that actually passed in the Congress uh, several years ago, uh, almost two to one, uh, which was mainstream. So why is it that if somebody from the state of Pennsylvania that has a legal, you know, license to possess and carry a firearm is not allowed to to legally possess it within the city of New York? Why
2: isn't it that an American citizen who has the right to bear arms can't go and take a course that should be government-sponsored and then go and get a weapon.
3: You know, but, but getting back to, to, to the situation, Lisa, up to 1968, New York City public high schools had actually rifle teams that Antonio Scalia, the late Antonio Scalia, Supreme Court justice, used to get on the F train from from uh, Forest Hill, Queens, and carry his firearm, his rifle, 22 in a case like it was a violin and get on the train and go to um, school and...
0: Yeah, but that was, that was a very
3: different era. Well, was well, 60 what, 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 what,
1: 68, what, what, this is 2016, what, what, brother.
3: With all due respect, what what was the difference? Because, you, you know, there's... There's, uh, there's a huge difference. There's there's, there's, there's less Caucasian people now and, 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 and I actually believe what Sean Duke had said earlier in, in relationship to, you, you know, the inner city uh, communities, uh, to get a firearm license in the city of New York, it's $340. It's a very laborious and plus, process. Plus, as we saw from the federal it's, indictment, it's seven months. Yeah. It's seven or eight months, you know, of time frame, and and then you they force you to buy a firearm. I'm licensed to possess and carry a firearm in over 42 states. New York City is the only, you know, license that I possess. Uh, f- to own a firearm that they force you to buy a firearm so you have to go back there put the serial number on the license and 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 and, 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 and then that's acceptable but why not why
0: not have a national this is what i don't understand why not have a national legislation that's the same for every single state
2: because our constitution wasn't set up that way because our constitution gives you the right to have a weapon and protect yourself gives you
1: the right it. yeah it gives you the right too. No, it, it doesn't. Gives your brother it the do, right. It doesn't. The constitution in New York State. doesn't not give you the right. New, not
2: New York State. The, the, New York State does not trump the federal Constitution, uh, it, and that's the thing that's the problem. You keep saying, you know, why don't we have this? Why don't we have? We do have a federal law. It's called the Constitution. It says that everybody has the right to bear arms. You have the right to own a weapon, but the states have taken away that right, and that's why you now
1: see all these legislators creating these mismatched types of
2: or, laws that don't like work. Or you have event? a right
1: to to to, uh, to bear arms until you have a. Felony, and then you say everybody else. If change, everybody else can have the right to bear arms, but Don't the felony, felony can't. But the felony can't protect their family Don't later on. Right? No, it's just talking about the unfairness of these laws. It's not unfair. Right? You
2: commit a felony. You, you've proven that you're not responsible enough to have a weapon.
1: Right, but there's people who haven't committed felonies and they're selling more weapons than anything. Then got, I, I, when they felony. When, when I was young, when I was young, went through these streets. When, by the time I was 17, 18 years old, nineteen, twenty, I've, I've seen. Guns, assault rifles coming from white men into my neighborhood. Okay, I, grew I up purchased in the South these weapons from them. With lots of
2: white people, and we carried guns around the back of our trucks. So yeah, sh- Sean, do th- a lot.
0: Of, a lot of just w- just, just as a po- as a point of fact too. I understand what your point is, but a lot of the people who have been arrested for selling guns on the streets of Brooklyn, for example, have been people of color that have, are from but, the community they get that it. go down that drive down this that make a connect there and come back. I mean, I they, think the issue is it's like I, we're, we're losing lives, you know, and people are people are traumatized by you know by these yeah. shootings especially now in New York with these you know these teenagers that are just randomly shooting all over the place
1: but that, that's not the subject Lisa you know that's not the subject the subject is only serious when we have a mass shooting that doesn't happen in our community I had a mass sh- I had a mass shooting in please. my community I had a mass shooting in my community in a park there were five teens shots in the past, that's, that's mass shooting. Right. It was it wasn't sensationalized. It was gun violence at at, at its highest, and some in a park across from the school. And
2: we and, have to, and That is not white or black problem. That is mass media and politics that do not go out and say, "Listen, Chicago." Last week on Fourth of July, we had thirty seven people shot in Chicago. Right. You know they're not exploiting that. They're not. Who's, showing Who's that.
1: controlling the mass media? The politicians, not, 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 not the urban community. That's not no, the urban not community. the urban community.
2: But people have a lot it? of power.
0: But people have a lot of power on social media too, and a lot of the, a lot of the mass media comes from social media. But let me let me talk about let me talk about the laws that we have here, George, in, in New York in, in New York State. If somebody wanted to go out right now and buy and buy a gun, a handgun, legally in New York State, could you do it?
3: Yes. Not in New York City. Not in, New City. Not, in New City. not New York City. Not new york City uh, and I'll give you an example if somebody comes in from Nassau County and goes into a uh uh a f- a firearm store that's located within the five boroughs, which there are not that many um <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest uh and they want to um purchase uh um a box of forty caliber you know rounds of ammunition w- w- where's your credentials he takes out a uh his driver's license or her driver's license, and the person will sell it. But if somebody goes in there from New, as a New York City resident and wants to buy it, and they say, "Well, you know, let me look at your driver's license and you have a New York City address," you're prohibited from from purchasing that because you need to have a license to uh, uh, just to buy ammunition to in, the in, in the city of New York. So uh, you see, these laws
2: don't make any sense. We, I mean, they're they're so mismatched that good, honest people. Can't get a weapon to protect if themselves. If they want to protect
0: themselves or their family or their it. business. All right, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Facebook, Google+, everywhere else, the same Instagram. And we're talking about guns and gun violence. We'll have more when we come back. Hey, yo, this is Pat
1: Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on. Street Soldiers.
0: Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about guns and gun violence, real problems, but are there any real solutions or are they just fake and it's different standards of justice, different standards of access, depending upon what community you live in? and uh, where you are and what's what state you're in. Uh, we're discussing this with our panel, Jonathan Gillum, Navy SEAL, former FBI agent. He's also a TV and radio commentator and his website is JonathanTgillum.com. Also joining us is Sean Duke McFadder. He's a community leader, director of the Gun Violence Awareness Month. He's the founder of GMAC, the community organization that helps youth um and he's also the brother of Ronald Banga McFadda who was shot and killed at Irving Plaza and again our condolences shanduk to you and your family also joining us tatiana fro uh, did I say that right? Fruit? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tatiana Fruit, she's a single mom. She's a private investigator. She's also a licensed gun owner. And also joining us is Andy Massimilian. He's the president of the Manhattan Shooting Excursion, eliteshooters.com. Now, I got to tell you, usually most of our shows, when we do this, we are overwhelmingly people who are on the side of stronger regulations against gun, gun violence, but we're very happy to have people here who believe in gun rights as well to hear your viewpoint. Let me ask you a couple of questions that have come over on Facebook here. Uh, Jonathan, AR, this is from David Hooker, he says, AR are not an assault weapon, they're no different than any other weapon we have. The rifles that are in the military are authentic, not semi-automatic like us civilians have. If you're going to talk guns, at least know what the heck you're, I just that's I didn't not a, say I didn't say anything no, he's about not it saying assault. it to okay. you. But I'm asking I'm asking you because in the discussion, mm-hmm. some people these the types of weapons like that were lo- used in Orlando. Right. Are those with are those is an AR-15? It's not a
2: military assault weapon, but it, it's similar in the in the uh, caliber of weapon that it may use or the, the makeup of the weapon. It's not a fully auto weapon. Even in the military, we don't really use fully auto when we're shooting. But the, the fact is, with an AR, it is the most accurate and easy weapon to use for home security. It is the best weapon to use. And uh, the Ooh. biggest thing is, whoa it is
1: it is the most accurate and
2: weapon. can't best really fit weapon.
0: it in the night table, though, next to the bed. Uh, We're
1: talking about the AR. Yeah,
0: the, the, AR-15, security, the, long, yeah, the, the AR-15, the long gun. Yeah. It's well, it's long, like
1: this.
2: Yeah. It's the best, the best most security. accurate weapon for whoa. home security. And I'll tell you what else. Regardless of home security, the Second Amendment was set up so that we would have weapons equal to and firepower with the military. And the reason is because of a tyrannical government. Hmm. And we have never... In the history of this country, yesterday, or the, July 4th was our 240th anniversary. Have we been closer to having a tyrannical government than we are right now? And that was proven yesterday by James Comey, the corrupt FBI director, when he said and did what he did with Hillary Clinton.
0: And talking about that. All right, let me bring you back to guns. Slim Trim, Sean Duke, this, for, this I want to uh, direct to you, but he's directing it to the entire panel. Cop, he says, Slim Trim says, cops show no restraint with the use of their guns, so why would anyone else be wary of using a weapon. There has to be a higher sense of accountability all around with gun laws and legislators. We need to protect the interests of all people. Money rules and money shouldn't hold more value than human life. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, he was all over the place with that. I, I didn't really catch what he's pointing at that because the police is shooting us that what we're supposed to Hold them accountable.
0: I think you said. I think one of his points. Well, well let's pull one little thing out of there where he's yeah. saying, basically, that there should be equal. Everyone should have equal rights in terms of the guns. I mean,
1: we, we agree. We agree to that. I mean, when you look back to the days of the Black Panthers, you know, that's one of the first things they spoke about—the right to bear arms—and and when they did that, that had more control over their communities. Less people were dying, right? Um, and I, we just had a conversation off air about that is that I'm not saying that one don't have the right to bear arms. Yes, you have. You should have the right to protect your family. Uh, but in our communities, it's, it, they don't have that mindset. You're not getting a gun with the, the mindset of protecting your family. You're getting a gun with the mindset of whatever happens, you're ready to use it.
0: Right. And what, what do you think is the number one reason, especially that the young guys— you know the teens will will go for a gun or look to get a gun on the streets
1: i mean it's all about predator and prey it's all about survival nobody want to nobody want to be at the, the the bad end of that gun uh and it all depends on what they have in their communities if you don't have nothing to live off of and you're trying to survive in them streets uh the gun is the best thing that you can have to protect you if you're if you're a drug dealer if you're a robber it, it really doesn't matter so we have to look at the resources and, and, and the poverty in our communities and and understand why they're gravitating to having these guns
0: tatiana you're a single mom, private investigator, Yes. licensed. Did you have the gun before you became a private investigator? I tell did, us, yes, t- I was Tell was us licensed. how you feel as a woman with a gun.
4: Uh, I was brought up around guns, so I never feared them. Um, I started shooting at age six. Um, I come from Oregon, so it's it's nothing new to us. You come to New York City and, and you bring a dribble here or you have a gun, people freak out. It's, it's quite funny. But as a kid and my neighbors and my community, it was something we did as a sport. Um, it's something that you did to protect your home. And so um, I feel, I don't want to say empowered, but I feel knowledgeable about my protection for myself or whoever is next to me or um, I'm ever in a situation like that to protect what is around me at that point in time.
0: So do you, you have a carry permit? I do. Mm-hmm. And so you take the gun, like you take your kids to the grocery store and you got the gun with you?
4: My daughter's actually. Like you pull out
0: your sh- your shopper's card mm-hmm. and.
4: No. No, you know, I, I take it when I think it's necessary. I don't take it with me all the time, even though I think all the time is necessary, but you um there's some places you just you don't want to have to rely on it. But at the same time my daughter's twenty three, so she's not little anymore, but she was also raised with guns, knowing when, how to use them. When
0: you I'm sure you heard about the story in East Orange that happened recently with the mother the the five year old five year old boy got a hold of the mother's gun and then and then shot and killed his his four year old brother, shot him in the head mm-hmm. and killed him. What do you think about that?
4: You know, situations, it's just like being responsible with anything. I don't, I don't care if it's matches, um, lighter fluid, um, anything like that swimming pool. But a gun, at the same time, it's something that you have to be responsible with. And it's unfortunate and sad and horrible. But so is leaving your back door open with your swimming pool wide open and watching that baby drown.
0: Exactly. Andy, Andy what do you think about the, uh, the state of gun laws here in New York City? Well,
5: I I can tell you, you know, uh, my business unfortunately relies on this ridiculous New York City gun control regimen. What we do is people who want to go to shoot, uh, even a BB gun is illegal in New York City. You can't even get a license for a BB gun. They have to travel out of state, come up to me in Danbury, Connecticut, or another area that recognizes your right, and shoot up there, um, so my business literally thrives on these ridiculous gun laws, I wish it wouldn't, I wish the laws were more fair, and New York City's laws uh, throughout the country are probably one of the most restrictive, and yet you do have more I, criminal activity. I have
1: a, I have a question, why do, you wish, why do you wish that?
5: Well, because I rather business have, I rather over have it. no, I'm saying that because of the restrictive gun laws, people have to go to me and go out of the city to legally shoot. That makes no sense. Do you do like target shooting and practice shooting? Yeah, target shooting, but we don't do it in New York City because we can't even do that activity legally in New York City. So our business is based outside of New York City. Why do those people, by crossing a state line, they can legally do an activity that's constitutionally protected, that's safe, but the minute they go into New York State or New York City – they're all of a sudden considered a felon because they can't own the firearm. But that's what we're talking user. about, right, this crazy but, patchwork but he, of laws. But he
1: benefits from the New York City laws. This is what I'm saying. That, that's a benefit for your business, correct?
5: Well, it's, 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 it's a backwards way of doing it, though. i rather have the, I rather have that here in New York City where people can learn how to safely shoot in New York City or New York State. But, you know, New York City, you can't even, in New York State, too, you can't even put your hand on a handgun without a license, even in the store. You can't touch in New a handgun in New York state. You cannot even touch a handgun unless it's, it's a gun some, show. Not no, anywhere. You cannot put your hand simple possession on a handgun anywhere in the state you without be charged. That's exactly right. Now, what do you do? You're not doing anything wrong. Maybe you're applying for a license and you want to know what sort of a firearm I want to use. I nope, you can't do it. You can only look at the firearm, but until you get a license, you can't even put your hand on it. That it, makes no sense.
1: Please, you know that you can be charged with attempt criminal possession of a weapon. You don't even have to possess the weapon
0: what what about the in terms of get in terms of the guns we we look at what's happening in our urban communities a lot of the guns are coming in they're illegal handguns that people are buying elsewhere in other states but you look at that Orlando shooter and what we were told was that he was you know the gun owner i don't know if this was ever you know finally proven or disproven the gun owner said he called the authorities cuz the guy seemed like he was off he passed the record check but he's like something this guy something's wrong with this guy which i i think he would be pretty attuned to, you know, if you're, if you're in that business, what do you think about that, Jonathan?
2: I mean, look, you, I think you're hitting on another thing here that could be utilized. And that is like, I was reading this story that you just gave me here. um, And, uh, and then I read another story on Fox news about a woman who shot her two daughters and her husband in Texas. This just recently happened and she had mental illness, but the cops had been called to her place 14 times before that for mental issues but she was still able to buy the legal weapon. So what I think needs to happen is we need to start thinking outside the box these legislators they're all corrupt and they all have agendas but cops when they go somewhere we talk about databases all the time if a cop goes to a house where there's a mental issue a person has a emotional or is emotionally disturbed they should be able to come back put that in a database of their own Mm -hmm. so that they go to this person repeatedly then they can take that and put that to uh, give that to a gun shop and then the gun shop should be able to refuse to sell
1: not only that, if that did, you see see how you had a great uh, way to deal with that, but you forgot that same person that you just prevented from getting a gun, that they had a mental health issue, mm-hmm. that you just said okay, but put them um in this database when you leave but you didn't push that person to that service that they need. Well that's the
2: other thing about right? it is right. we, we, but we, we, we sometimes forget that. We've completely that. neglected the mental
1: health Right, system. we have the, the service, yes, but, the service of mental health.
2: But see we we concent- our legislators don't concentrate on realistic solutions like that. They concentrate on whatever is going to get their name out there and get people really ticked off, which gun, you know, you got one side of it says you got to control the guns. The other side says no, we have to have gun rights and nobody in there is working from the political side and the legislative side to actually come up with solutions. They just passed past patchwork but laws. But this is the
0: thing I don't understand. This is the thing this is what I don't understand. And, and and Andy and Tatiana, everybody maybe you guys can help me understand. Why is it that I can go anywhere in the United States, anywhere, like a, a gas station in Alabama or you know, somewhere as far away from New York City as you can, I can use my debit card. They can tell exactly how much down to the penny I have in my account and whether they'll approve it or they're not going to approve it. But yet when it comes to something like this where you have people – that have a history of mental illness, or that have a history of violence. That they can't. Why isn't there a way nationally? If they try to buy a gun, what is so what is so hard about that, or what is so reprehensible about that concept? Well, why can't they? Ju- why can't there be a way to nationally check?
5: Well, first of all, there is in uh, the prohibited categories of a person include mental illness. Okay, adjudicated mental. Someone with what adjudicated mental but illness. Adjudicated but adjudicated means what? that the well, court the, has the, to. Well, yes. Yes. In many cases, the court after. It's called due process, okay? What happens is a lot of the states do not submit records because there are such things as patient privacy laws. Right, exactly. that Require that basically tie the hands of the people to submit that record so that the person, when they try to buy something, they're a prohibited person. It's flagged. Listen, but bottom what, what line what is But what about there, something like what
0: Jonathan said, where the, where there's like, the you know, the, the cops have been called there 13 or 14 times. This way they know with a 15th time, don't send the rookie guy there to just respond. This could be a complicated— situation you know they need to be prepared for it and this person obviously there's a problem at that household L-
5: listen nobody wants somebody with mental illness to have a firearm just like they don't but want to... But they're getting have it look at the that, look
0: at the shooter in Connecticut I understand
5: that but there's laws in place right look now that say look at Orlando look at San Bernardino okay listen the, the shooter in Connecticut stole a gun from his his mother, murdered her, okay? Okay, that's a that's a totally different issue. There's already laws against that. But how there come are 20,000 gun come, laws. Lisa, let me time, finish. There are 20,000 gun like laws in the U.S. It's always like a special exception
0: every time it goes wrong. Yeah.
5: Okay, let's look at the Orlando shooter, okay? The guy was, he was a security guard, passed multiple federal background checks to become a federal security guard, worked for a contractor, did federal security, okay? The FBI interviewed him several times, but as Jonathan said before, they couldn't, re- they couldn't detain them. And there they are people no that believe there's a political
0: correctness okay. was a, at the, the reason for that.
5: Okay, listen, the, the, the San Bernardino shooters, okay, that was a lot of red flags. The neighbor saw suspicious activity. They were making bombs in the garage. The neighbor was afraid to report it because she thought, well, you know, this is a Muslim person. I'm going to be, you know— you know, sown as somebody being prejudicial. I don't want to report it, and look what happened. So you're going to have these cases until we address the real thing. It's really going to be looking at... What is some, the real thing? Yeah, the you. real thing is looking at the shooters themselves. Everybody's focused on the hardware. It's, oh... In the 60s, it was Saturday Night Specials. They're too small of a gun. Then it went to another type of gun that was demonized. Yeah, but now the guns keep getting weapons, faster. Okay? The guns get faster.
0: The bullets are bigger and more no, deadly. No,
5: no, no, they're not. Okay, they're the same they've always been. Okay, the 223 cartridge that in the, quote, AR-15, it's been around for years. Okay? In the 1950s, the gun laws were much, much less strict than they are right now, much less strict. Did we have the type of gang violence then that we have now? What's changed, okay? The gun laws have gotten stricter, and you're saying that there's more gang violence. That's two different things. More use of a firearm. What is taking the person—what is making the person— pull a trigger more now than before. And well, we the, look you know, at we these gotta, problems... We're going to take...
0: Let's, let's, in, in let's come back listen, to listen, that. I'm we from the city a- of
5: Newburgh. I know a lot about gun violence. The city of Newburgh has per capita the the highest crime rate in the country. It's in the top 10. Newburgh? Yes, yeah. the city okay. of Newburgh. We need okay? to take, short. We need to take a short... And that's where I'm from, so I, I know a lot about okay. this.
0: And I know we have to take a short break right now. When we come back, we're going to find out what makes a person shoot and also how many guns does somebody need? Because this is the other thing that I've kind of noticed is that people that buy one gun then it's it's like shoes You know Then there's another one And then there's another one And then there's another one You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers I'm Lisa Evers Your host on Twitter Facebook Instagram Google Plus At Lisa Evers We'll be back right after this Hey yo
1: yo yo What up what up it's the infamous Mob Deep Prodigy right here You know what I mean And this is Street Soldiers With Lisa Evers Real issues Real politics You know what I mean and real people only on Hot 97.
0: Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. And if you're just joining us, I'm your host, Lisa Evers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google, Snapchat at Lisa Evers. If you want to hear the beginning of the show, because we're now kind of rounding in the home home stretch here, go on lisaevers.com. You can catch up on all the Street Soldiers TV and radio episodes. And also want to let everybody know about our Push for Peace annual town hall show and uh, event, community event, Saturday, July 30th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Brooklyn Borough Hall. That's right downtown Brooklyn. We're going to be doing our street soldiers in front of a live audience. And also we have events. We have celebrities, athletes, artists, Uh, giveaways, free food. It's an amazing thing, music by DJ Magic and our our own DJ Michael Medium. And also, uh, it's a great way to come out and find out what the community groups are up to and and what services they have for you as well. So that's Saturday, July 30th. Please mark your calendar. And let me get to our panel. Jonathan Gillum, Navy SEAL, former FBI agent, TV and radio commentator. His website is jonathantgillum.com. Sean Duke McFadder, he's a community leader, director of Gun Violence Awareness Month, and the founder of GMAC. It's a community organization that works with young people, and he's also the brother of Ronald Banga McFadder, who was shot and killed in that Irving Plaza shooting. Also joining us is Tatiana Froude. She's a single mom, a private investigator, and licensed gun owner, and Andy Massimilian, who's the president of the Manhattan Shooting Excursion and Elite Shooters Dot com. All right, Andy. You were saying we have to focus on the w- what makes people pick up the gun.
5: Well, exactly right. I mean, you you've got twenty thousand gun reasons. laws. Different D- it reasons. It is different reasons. But uh, for instance, if you look at what makes a person maybe join a gang, okay, it could be drug activity. It could be, as you mentioned, lack of opportunity in the neighborhood could be, you know, you have a broken home, you don't have a father figure, your mother was on crack. There's a number of things that can happen to make a person join a gang. They join a gang, what do they have to do? Maybe an initiation that could be involved, gun, you know, using a gun illegally, any number of crimes. Uh, they have no opportunity job-wise. I mean, people who are employed okay, are not going but that's not the person going that's going into the
0: Pulse nightclub shooting. No,
5: we're talking, the, the Pulse nightclub, those things are rare. Most Shootings, let's just say Chicago. So, so if so they say there's at least rare, two so a month rare, in the United Lisa, States. If they're they're so rare old. relative to the, to the, to the overall number. They're rare they get
1: all the attention. it's so rare, but they make like that's the biggest issue. What's not rare is every single day. Hold on one second. Somebody just got shot in Brooklyn. When the last minute, somewhere, it happens just like that, that fast, it may not have been just that moment, but Drew pause. somebody's getting shot because of mental health issues. you talking about the individual. We gotta get back to the solutions. We can't keep going to protect those who have the rights to have these guns already if people are dying every day. We keep talking about the protection of the people who have the guns and not the protection of the people who are not supposed to have the guns, and the people who are dying because somebody can't go from New York State to Connecticut, because he's in a gang, as y'all say, and he don't have the right to go get training to shoot correctly. So he comes back and he's in his neighborhood and he has issues and he shoots one individual. He attempts to shoot at one individual and don't have training and shoots an innocent bystander, right? That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about what is the solution to stop that? And this is what the work that some people are doing. So what do you, think, I, so what do you think the solution is, Chandu? It's, it's focus, focusing on the mental issues. I say it over and over again. She made a point. What's your name again, man? Tatiana. Tatiana said, "What when you learn to shoot, uh, Oregon. Or, or, or at what age? Uh, six. And you, you trained your daughter. Yes. At what age?
4: Uh, she was about eight.
1: Uh, right? So in her, in that, she did the same thing, right, for her child. In our communities, all we see is the negativity in the music, the movies, and everything else. So mentally, we're growing up to believe that's how we're supposed to live, right? This is what our young people are seeing. They're being taught, this is how I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to go out in these streets and carry these guns and shoot people. So we have to start coming back into these homes and focus on these broken families early, the, the person that shoots the gun goes to jail. He has kids. His kids raise, come up in the same negative Ra-raised environment. Raised up by the streets, correct. So like, the and that's, that's one of
0: the ti- and that's our that's our theme for the push for peace on July 30th, which uh, Sean Duke is, is uh, will be speaking at, and also his organization GMAC is partnering with us for uh, talking about surviving the streets. But Jonathan, this comes back to your point. Uh, you're saying this is a mental health issue, w- well, not a gun issue. Is well, that accurate? It's
2: a it's a major issue, not just mental health. I mean, you can't. Each shooting is is different. Like What happened in San Bernardino, what happened in Orlando, those individuals subscribe to Islamic fundamentalism, they're wanting to commit jihad, they're going to get a weapon no matter what. I mean, the Sarnef brothers used pipe bombs made out of fireworks, okay? In the inner city, people that are in gangs, maybe it has to do with defensive home, but a lot of people that are in gangs are no different than somebody who's in the mob and, or, you know, they're going to get guns to, to commit uh, felony acts, right? Then there's people who have mental issues. Then there's people who want to protect themselves. See, all these different issues are not being worked out, but let me tell you out of everything, and people are amazed when I tell them this, the number one thing that we can do is what we're doing right here, not relying on politicians. We're having a dialogue and we're starting and now you Sean uh, uh, Sean, Sean, sees, Duke. Sean Duke I love that name Sean Duke knows how I feel he knows how Tatiana feels he knows how the other two guys feel they know how Sean Duke feels so even though we may not quite agree on stuff what Sean Duke and I have realized and we've all realized is that people need the right to protect themselves and to be able to train where they live with these weapons
4: 100% and
5: andy what about solutions <clears throat> well there's been solutions that have that have worked project like- exile you ever what is heard that? of it? Project no. Exile was no. done in Richmond, Virginia, okay? And okay. it was founded, you can Google it. It was uh, designed by a federal prosecutor in Brooklyn when his daughter watched gang violence on TV, people getting shot and murdered. Asked her father what can be done. He was a federal prosecutor. Federal prosecutors have the authority to prosecute with state crimes at, on the federal level. For instance, you know, there's there's right, no, web, you know, gun in possession with felons, you mentioned straw purchasers earlier, uh, you know, gun running, all these things are illegal. Federal time on that is very severe. And when you look at it at federal prosecutors prosecuting those crimes, you're talking about mandatory sentences. You don't, it, it, the, the gun charge is not plea bargained away in those cases. Okay, so, so what is X, I, so what? Is, is that a solution? A, how is that a
1: solution? How is it? You're a pro-gun you seller,
5: you're you a pro-gun seller, you
1: and you're talking about moral street. conviction. Right, you you say it's okay to sell these guns, That people have the right to sell guns, I'm but now you talk, yes you store, are, sell because sell now what you're guns. saying, you, listen what you're saying, brother. You're saying it's okay, you, you promote that. You got people who come to your business and you train them to shoot guns. But when Lisa asked you for a solution, the solution, you're talking about as a federal prosecutor and prosecuting state crimes on a federal level. You're talking about young black and brown people in our communities by doing that, because it's not happening to to, to young white boys that's getting state uh, you cases turned federal. Out of it. The get it, it's, out. You cannot ever take the color out of it. You cannot ever just because we're able problem. to coexist in society. When you're talking about a corrupt system, you can't ever take the color out of it because we just had another black man shot down by NYPD. By who? By the police. What? So w- w- my point is, brother, you can't, when somebody asks <laughs> you, you for a solution, a I can like get that. to that, but we don't have you time can't. for that. I can get to that. When you ask about a solution, if Lisa asks me about a solution, my solution is the work that we do every day. We get out in the streets and we prevent violence. We get in the middle of it. If somebody's about to shoot somebody, one of my guys from my team steps in it and talk to them and talk them down. I was talked down many years ago. That's how I know that method works. That is a solution. A solution of oh state to federal prosecution is the same thing. It's going to take another person. The time, the same thing as you bringing up the white black give issue. Give them more time. Same thing as you bringing up the white black issue. Give them more time. Ridiculous, brother please explain to me how that is not the when you look at the numbers I'm talking about statistics mm-hmm. statistics speak statistics, about everything I used to be statistics in the FBI they everything.
2: they skew statistics so who, so who is dying who money?
1: is dying more at the hands of gun violence in these communities we're not talking about these mass shooting shootings black that people. happen people. yes sir so that's what I'm right, speaking so about so where's the white issue in there that's what I'm speaking up. about there is no
2: white issue that, in there that's there is black one
1: on there is one brother there is
0: one that's a whole separate show in terms of that's a real conversation we well, can have this
1: conversation okay, conversation calmly and respectful i have no yeah, problem talking about topics, of brother. the black it's the same as the politician thing it has nothing to do with fixing this that problem that is true let me tell you why that's true because it's all about what brings attention in this media i just lost my brother my brother's a black young black boy who was doing his thing running around these streets protecting somebody else in a business he didn't get protection to have a right to have a firearm he was a bodyguard for an artists and he's in a he's in a business that's dealing with a lot of violence he didn't have that right to protect himself Right, But everything was all good and dandy when attention was on the the artist and it was a news story, but guess what? It's over thirty days and ain't nobody talking about my brother no more. Cause he's black, but if he was a young white kid, it would have been a constant conversation to get some type of answers up. And this is what we're talking about. We want to keep trying to say there is no black and white when we come to gun violence. There is. When we talk about mental health, there, there is. is. Because when a one individual young black kid shoot that one person, he's a violent gang member. But when this one white kid goes in there and shoot a whole school up, he is mental, mentally disturbed. We have to Yes, We have to respect that. We the have to that Dylan they, Roof, yes. Those he, are he, came out there, he came out there with protection on
2: the guy that, they the guy that, him. listen, the guy that shot up the Navy Yards was mentally ill and he was black. Okay, yep. it's different issues. That's the oh, thing. It's not, it's, okay, it's but not, there true.
0: is, there is, and th- these are all things that are, uh, we've done shows on and they're all documented. There's different levels of incarceration and prosecution mm-hmm. depending on race. There's also different attention based on the media. If it's a, but it's a not Harvard based on student, race,
2: it's based on bad politics and bad leaders passing bad Okay, let me, get let me, let me talk to this solution. some more, Lisa. Okay, let me, let's
0: talk to, let's talk, let's talk solutions because we're, we're touching on a bunch of different topics, but I want to get back to the gun solution. Andy, so the, just to, because we're running out of time here. This, why do you think the federal prosecution is going to work? Well, first of all, it has worked in the areas that Project Exiles. But we're still getting the guns. The last big gu- gun. Well, let me say The last big gun bust that NYPD made. A lot of those illegal guns, they said, came from Virginia.
5: Okay, but they should so, use federal time for for all the gun crimes. There's plenty of gun laws out there if they're enforced against the bad people. Okay, The people who are doing the shootings, the people who are drug dealing with guns. Hit them if with you, federal you take, time, you say? Yeah, federal time. Okay, and don't plea bargain it
0: away. Because right. what's happening hit is the, with people, hard, fed, hit the, with the hard. people who are doing these have I'm up, I'm up on a hard records. break here. I'm sorry. They're they're hit has, them with hard time. I want to give Tatiana the last word here. Um, what, what do you think is the solution?
4: I think the solution is we needed to uh, stop dividing ourselves with color or religion, go into these communities. If I'm coming in your community, you're coming to mine. Because I've taken the, the leadership to do activism things uh it's just we divide ourselves the social media we can't depend on them we need to get these kids away from that because they could find someone on social media they never met before and they go shoot their school up why why is that but if we have people going around men and women in these communities of broken homes and giving these kids another alternative now we could at least save those kids i don't care what race it is and at the same time but people like Everybody here, if we're law abiding citizens, we should be able to obtain a weapon because 2.5 million people a year um, in self defense protect themselves. And 200,000 of those people are women. And then rapes are almost 800,000 a year women are raped. So how many less rapes will we have? And that costs the, was it, $127 it cost for us to support those rapes? So, I mean, everything has a foundation, but we can't forget about our communities. We can't point the fingers good and bad homes. We have to help these people. But at the same time, I want my weapon. I want to be able to obtain it and use it like the law.
1: Okay, sh- the Shandu, real quick, final word. I mean, uh, sounds good, uh, but at the end of the day, we, we got to go off of numbers, not off of feelings, not off of the fact that we feel like we're being a routed, when we say a race, it's a fact of numbers. I don't speak off of personal. I deal with people from all ethnic backgrounds. But When I look at the numbers that was happening in our community, we have to focus on the fact that we're dying more often and there's no there's no convictions and there's no reprieve. And we just need people to understand that mental health comes in our communities as well. And mental health needs services. And we have to talk about services for those people who are dealing with mental issues. And we've Even come in, full circle back correct.
0: to what, what, where Jonathan started us out with on, on the mental health issue. I want to thank all of you for being with us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers. Jonathan Gillum, uh, Sean Duke McFadder, Tatiana Freud, Uh, George Greco was with us earlier. Andy Massimilian, thank you all so very much for being uh, with us on this episode of Street Soldiers. You can hear the whole show on LisaEvers.com. We'll be posting the show so you can check it out there. I want to thank my whole crew here, executive producer Tone Capone, associate producer Rose Daniels, digital producer Mia Bell, uh, digital assistant TJ Charles on the boards, one and only DJ Michael Medium. And uh, remember, Push for Peace, July 30th at Brooklyn Borough Hall from 1 to 5 p.m. You want to get in on it, hit up Tone, Tone at LisaEvers.com. That's Tone at LisaEvers.com. Remember, check me out on the Fox 5 News at 5 and 10. And use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.